It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing and fantastic show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. I enjoy reading during my downtime whenever I can, and I'm currently reading a book about how to wholesale properties. The idea is that you buy a home at a discount and flip it to an investor for a profit, and then they fix it up and they do what they want with it. It's been fun to read a bunch of real estate-related writings lately as I'm putting together a special real estate edition for Success Profiles magazine. The most successful people in the world are committed to never-ending growth, whether that's reading, listening to audios, attending conferences and meetups, or whatever fills their mind up with ideas that they can implement for their business or for their personal lives. My challenge for you this week is that if you are not reading something that can improve your life or your business, please do so. One of the first books I usually recommend is The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. It's a great place to start, and I revisit this book whenever I can. Start this week. You will be so very glad you did. And with this in mind, I do want to introduce my guest. But before I forget, if you've not picked up my latest book called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, it's available in Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, it's on Amazon, it's in the stores, it's everywhere. And if it's not, make sure to ask them to order it for you. It would mean a lot to me if you would pick that up. And it's I've gotten great feedback, and it's a fantastic read. So my guest this week is Dave Ferguson. He is a returning guest. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Dave Ferguson is an internationally respected executive coach, speaker, facilitator, and author in the areas of leadership and personal development. In his signature, direct, yet highly connective style, Dave helps business owners, executives, top management leaders, and political leaders transform how they communicate, connect, and grow in their leadership roles. Prior to launching his coaching and speaking business in 2006, Dave served 25 years in corporate leadership roles in Fortune 500 banking, real estate, and investment companies. In addition, he served in leadership roles in the United States Air Force. During these years, Dave engaged his no-nonsense leadership approach to challenge, coach, mentor, and develop leaders at all levels. And as a corporate leader turned corporate coach, his experience uniquely qualifies him to not only coach and support leaders and their teams, but to truly understand their distinct challenges. His mission is to equip bosses in becoming leaders and leaders into creating their legacies. We will talk about so much on today's show. And here we are with my very special guest returning once again, Dave Ferguson. Dave, how are you today? I am doing well. I hope you are. I'm having a fantastic... Yeah, I'm having a fantastic day, staying busy and abundantly blessed. So the first thing I usually ask people is tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get from where you were to where you are now, and what did you encounter and overcome along the way? Wow. Well, uh, the first chapter of my last book uh, was titled Perseverance. Oh, good. I would say I I did that all. uh, I've learned, learned to persevere at a real early age. Um, and um, I've always just been someone that uh, when I set out to do something, I got it done. 
um, because I felt like the other option didn't suit me or anybody else well. So mm -hmm. um, I, um, you know, grew up a poor kid, and and uh, funny, I thought bankers made a lot of money back then. So I I, I grew up wanting to be a banker, and um, so what did I do? I went into banking, but I, you know, obviously I worked on the I worked in the I never worked in a bank branch, and so I um. I, I, I persevered through a pretty healthy corporate career, um, did really, really well there. And, um, and, and, you know, when I came, when I had an opportunity to, um, to get out on good terms, I, um, I decided I want to do something on my own, and I found my passion. Um, um, uh, and my passion was, was really um, helping people um, get what they want. And, and then more specifically narrowed it down to just helping leaders become more effective in their in leadership, which in my world is everything that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Did you envision earlier in life that you would be where you are right now? Any idea at all? No, I envisioned that um, when you grow up poor, you either succumb to it or you, or you pull yourself out, right? So mm -hmm. I since a very young age, had money in my pocket because I was a hustler. So I always figured out, I, I envisioned myself doing well. I, 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 I dreamed pretty big. I painted some big pictures of, of what I thought I could do and where I thought I could go. And, um, you know, I'm, 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 I've done pretty well, but I'm still not there. Right, right. I like that. You were in the military for a long time. What did military experience teach you about leadership? Because I know that that's a huge passion of yours. Yeah, I, I was only I was actually only in a little over three years, but oh, okay. Um, and that's, a, that's I had a I was in a special program, which really really got me started off in leadership. So, um, it, it you know it the, the, it teaches you a lot about leadership because if 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 you don't have camaraderie in the military, okay, um, you're going to fail, and everyone else around you is going to fail, and so it, it's not optional. I mean, camaraderie is something you have to build and develop and, and, and respect and, 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 and want to be part of. And so that for me was, you know, really early on leadership lessons for me from a, I guess from a career standpoint was that, um, you know, um, you had to agree to disagree sometimes with people, um, but you, you also really had to have, a, have, have be on the same mission with a group of people, which is no different than leading businesses today. Yeah. You know, um, or in, in any in any whether it's military or corporate America or small business, is that you 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 know you, you need to get everybody rowing in the right direction towards the same goal. Absolutely, yeah, that's so important. And learning to take direction. I mean, the greatest leaders are also great followers, and you have to learn that in the military too, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Your followers. Funny, I just get done writing. I just got done writing about followership. Um, yeah, I mean, we have to be like me. If people ask me, who do I follow? I can always tell them. I follow a lot of people. Um, not, I don't follow everyone as much as the other, but I follow. I, I, I think you always have to be in a learning mode, which means you have to be following somebody. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and you're, you're a John Maxwell coach too. Is that, is that correct? I, yeah, I, I did. Um, I, I was one of the original, uh, um, John Maxwell partners and 
and still I don't I don't promote it in my business. I've created my own brand, but yes, I am. Wow. How how did you end up deciding to do that? Was there was an application process, I'm sure, but how did you decide that that was a place where you wanted to go when you were getting started? You know, at that point in my business, so that was almost eight years ago, and so um, at that point in my business, I was doing a lot of coaching, but it wasn't specifically leadership coaching. And I really wanted to narrow my lane down and be executive leadership coach. That's really what I wanted to narrow my lane down to. And I saw the opportunity and I said, wow, I can go learn from this man who's, you know, 15 years ahead of me in the business. Um, he's a pretty darn good author. And, yeah. um, and so I did. I got in and, um, you know, um, I actually um, was contracted by John for several years to do executive leadership coaching. Um, you know, through his contacts. Wow, so, that's... you know, it, he, he helped me more than, you know, than I originally thought. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's a good program. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I know that you write and talk about leadership lessons you learned from your Nana. You care to share maybe one or two that really stood out to you the most? <laughs> yes, well, uh, yeah, I, you know, I was raised by my grandmother and my mother. And, um, my grandmother, at an early age, was around more. You know, my mother was out hustling, trying to put food on the table. Yeah. And um, I learned, you know, I never saw my grandmother as a leader because I didn't know what a leader was back then, right? Sure. Um, but as I as I've matured all these years, and I lost my grandmother when I was in eleventh grade. Um, I I think of often the skills I learned from her around leadership, and one of them was I'll go back to the word perseverance, and I don't think she ever used that word, but. Um, she was a baseball fan. Oh. And um, one of the only things I have left from her is a little miniature bat that I got from a first baseball game she ever took me to. But she had a, she had a reason for doing that other than to take me to a baseball game. She wanted to tell me to keep swinging. Oh. And, um, and she would say to me, you know, Dave, you're going to have some good days, you're going to have some bad days, but both days you got to get up swinging. And, That's um, awesome. Yeah, and so I keep that one, and and, and um, she had a she had an interesting way of disciplining people too, which I think is another leadership lesson. Um, I was never hit as a kid, and I know back then it was cool to hit kids, right? It was all right, you know, you could hit your kids back then. Um, I was never hit as a kid, but she would she was really good at correcting me. She was really good at correcting me. Like, she could see it coming, so she'd correct me before I did it, right, or I said it. And I think the leadership lesson there is that do we know where our people are? Like, do we know what their thought process is? Have we gotten close enough to people on our team that we're leading and leading cross with that we know their next move? Like, where they're going to be on the court when you're ready to throw them the ball? Yeah. And, and so, you know, two sports analogies there. I'm sorry, but that's No, it's all, I love sports. <laughs> You know, so yeah, I I'll I'll, I'll learn a lot. I miss her dearly. Great. Who is your baseball team? Yankees. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm here in Arizona, so I'm a Diamondbacks fan. So, uh, ah. yeah, not not the not the kind of finish we wanted this year, but I do love my baseball. And ah. we are coming up against our very first break. This is going so fast already. My very special guest is Dave Ferguson. His book is called Boss or a leader, and we will talk about that and some of the themes in the book 
when we come back from our break, we talked about how uh, Dave learned a lot of lessons from his Nana. We talked about his experience as a John Maxwell coach. And probably the biggest takeaway I had from this first segment was perseverance. Keep swinging. Don't ever give up. When you have a strong enough reason why and a strong enough desire, you will keep going. And so that's the big takeaway that I hope you all got as well. We will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please don't go away. We will come right back. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dave Ferguson. He is back for the second time. And we're going to talk about his book, Boss or leader momentarily. And if you've not subscribed and downloaded Success Profiles Radio on iTunes, please do it. Leave a review. That would mean a lot. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And once again, if you've not seen or heard of my book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, it contains some of the best interviews from my show, including Darren Hardy, Jack Canfield, Tom Ziegler, Sharon Lecter, Laurel Langmire, and many, many more. So Dave, your book is called Boss or Leader. We did talk about this last time you were here, but it's been three years. So let's talk about your book. Why did you write it and what is it all about? Oh, why did I write it? I, um, you know, I read a book many, many years ago. You might have read this book. It's called Man in the Mirror. I've heard of it. Um, it's an old book, and it, and it really is about, you know, 
how we look, our, look at ourselves in the mirror, other, other than for purposes of vanity. Um, and, and I just thought that, you know, in general, the world put bosses up on pedestals. Greatest boss, you know, National Bosses Day, all of this stuff around boss. You know, you get, you're a, if you were a boss, you got a T-shirt for your birthday or Bosses Day and all that. And there was nothing really around leadership. So I really started to look into that, and I said, well, what if I could write a book that bosses and leaders would, would go through the book and be looking in the mirror at the same time? Hmm. And so I did that. With each chapter, um, it, it, it forces the reader to really say to themselves, around this topic, am I a, more of a boss or, or a leader? Right? And so yeah. you, you, in essence, self, it, you, you self-analyze yourself if you go through the book properly. You know, and I've added now to it a, a, a workbook now that, so that I call it a lead and learn that companies can order now um, so everybody gets a book, everybody gets a workbook and a couple other little things that I put in there. And you can lead and learn with your team through the book one chapter at a time so that everybody's looking in the mirror as a team, not just one person. And, and oh. so that's gone really well. And, it really is. It's a simple book, um, and, and it really is. You know, it's healthy in coaching. You know, I spend a lot of the, a lot of time in my coaching helping people with self awareness, and um, this is kind of a book that can help you become more self aware. Absolutely, and that is so important. Self awareness is very important. You need to know where you are before you can figure out where you're going and how to get there. So I love that you distinguish between boss and leader. What do you think are some of the main differences between the two? Well, you know, and, and, and look, if you're out there and people call you and tell you you're your great boss, I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. I would just like to see the trend change to people really being called leaders, not bosses. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, um, in some cases, Bosses are more self-serving than they are team-serving. Um, and that's just what they've been taught. Um, um, and, and in some cases, you know, bosses are more transactional process and systems people rather than, rather than being more of a transformational person and, and, and a connector. Um, you, know, um, you know, a lot of um, bosses will only focus on numbers and results and not on people. And, and so there's, you know, you can go down and, 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 and go through so many different differences. Um, you know, one's, I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong, but if you choose to, you know, if you're in a leadership position and you choose to be a leader, I think there's, there's, you show up a little bit differently. And, and it's absolutely something that can be taught and changed. And, and, you know, obviously I spend a lot of time doing that, helping people. Um, yeah. Because you get, you're going to have, like I talk about legacy a lot. You're going to have a legacy. Right? Regardless yes. of what you do. So, so you choose. Do you want to have a legacy of a boss or a legacy of a leader? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So given that there are some fundamental differences between the two, how do you feel like bosses and leaders handle situations differently? Well, I think when you're when 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 you're a boss and your number one drive is to get the numbers and to get profit and to get you know um, 
you know, score a touchdown, right? Um, and, and, and you're not connecting with the people. I believe you are limiting not only yourself, but you're limiting the team and the company. Because the, true, the, the real results will come when a team is totally connected. And so there's a lot of bosses that do very well, and they, and they, and they, and they beat the goals the company gives them. But in my opinion, the company just doesn't set the goals high enough. And so the leader really pushes that bar. Yeah, absolutely. How, how do you assess what your team is actually capable of? Is there some formula you have, or is it intuitive? So in a leadership role, assessing your team, I think, I think it, a lot of it is done, um, you know, I think in team exercises in essence. Like I'll do sometimes, sometimes I will do that with people, and I'll, or I'll teach the leaders some exercises they can do with their team. It shows the commitment level. It shows their ability to come to work together. Um, there's a lot of different things you can do. But, you know, individually, I think it's important for us as leaders to spend some individual one-on-one time with people to really get to know, you know, first of all, why are they even here? Yeah. You know, why are, why are you even at this company? Why do you, do you, or do you like what you do or do you not like what you do? Because, um, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of people that just go to work for one, you know, this is the premise of this book, you know, uh, People go to work for one reason, and if it's a boss, and if you're a boss, chances are it's not you. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's paycheck. Yeah, I think it's really great that you talk about spending one-on-one time. It's a little like parenting in a way. You want to give each individual child a date night or private time with you to get to know them and and talk about what what is important to them. And I'm not saying that you know leading a team is the same as raising a child. I'm not saying that. I'm just drawing the analogy. So let me ask you this. If you are going to invest that much time getting to know each individual team member, is there an ideal size for how big your team should be so that you can do and be the most effective leader you can be? Well, you know, they say, and I have found, that your number of direct reports should very rarely be above 10. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you don't go down a couple other levels, but then you lead that leader to have the one-on-one time, right? So you lead down to that leader to get them to do the one-on-one time with the people below them, people that they're leading. So you're not mm-hmm. doing it all. You know, you're, you're, part of your job as a leader is to develop the leadership under you as well. So those 10 people that are, those 10 people that are direct reports, that you should, part of what you do with them is leadership development. Yeah. I love, I love what you just said about leaders developing other leaders. Do you think that's the definition of leadership or do you think it's even more expansive than that? I think, um, I think that's, um, if, 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 if you ask me what are the top three to five things a leader should be doing, I would tell you that, um, that's in the top three, in my opinion. Yeah. I think your job is to develop more leaders. I mean, I, I, my new, I've got a new program. You haven't seen it yet, but it's called the leader's ladder and it's got six rungs on it. spelled ladder, of course. Yeah, but, um, that's a big that's a big piece of it. Developing the other leaders. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. You said you said that developing other leaders is one of your top two or three. What what else did you have in mind there when you're talking about defining leadership? Well, um, I think we first have to. And this is you. Uh, I go I go I go through this a little bit with my ladder here. The bottom sure. rung on my ladder is recognize that leadership is a priority before you do anything. You and your team have to recognize and own the fact that leadership is going to be a priority. 
Okay, nothing else. It's going to be a priority. That's the first right. one. And then as you go up, you know, you as a leader have to engage and connect with your team. So we can't talk out of both sides of our mouth. If, if we're going to help people and teach people and develop leaders um, and expect them to engage and connect with people, then we better surely be engaging and connecting with the people we're trying to, we're trying to compound, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 then, and then, you know, as a leader, you've got to come alongside your team to drive results. I don't think you push your team to drive results. You, you come alongside of them to drive results. Um, yeah. The other part is, too, is that, you know, the next, the next rung is, hey, um, your job as a leader, uh, our job as a leader is, is to develop more leaders. Develop yeah. more leaders. Yeah. And then, Fantastic. And then we're adva- and, and then, and then the, I got two more steps if you look real quick. Sure. But, and, so then, and so then, you know, as we, as we climb this ladder, we're now talking about advancing the vision. And so how do we keep advancing the vision? You know, it, some companies, there's people that the company can't even tell you what the vision is. But let's just assume we know what the vision is. How do we keep advancing that ball down the field? We can't do it alone. We have to do it with our leadership team and with, 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 with the folks that those people are leading as well. And so you keep it moving down the field. And then the last part is, you know, um, I've mentioned legacy before. So it's leaving a legacy. I think your goal has to be, you know, like I said, you're going to have a legacy. So the team's got to agree that, hey, we want to leave, we want to leave a legacy of, of we have developed a lot of leaders and we've done some really great things together. Yeah. I love that. That's great. How do you think bosses and leaders handle challenges differently? Because we all go through stuff as we're trying to develop our teams and, and fulfill the mission of our company. Well, in my experience, a boss will, um, will, will be a lot more controlling. Yeah. And so they'll generally will, will do a lot more. Of the, they do more work than necessary, in my opinion, because they'll hold on and they don't delegate enough. And so it actually creates more challenges. Um, that they sometimes don't see where, yeah. where a leader is, where a leader is going to build a trust in his team and, and, and is going to lead the team on the mission, but doesn't necessarily mean they're going to control it. They're going to right. have to trust. Yeah, absolutely. And here's something that I wanted to ask because some people are introverted. Some people are extroverted. A lot of people think as leaders as being gregarious, really outgoing, but not all leaders are extroverted. So how can people who are introverted be great leaders too? We've actually, we might want to take this to the other side. We got about a minute left, but just real quickly, let's tease this topic for the next, next segment. Okay. Um, I don't think personality type. Um, I get asked that all the time because you know, the, the high, highly introverted, the D type people always think they can be better leaders. Yeah. Um, that's, I don't believe in that at all. I actually think that um, sometimes the best leaders are the best listeners. Awesome. And we're coming up against our break. We'll continue the discussion of that question when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back. Please stay with us. to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. 
This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Dave Ferguson, author of the book Boss or Leader. And before the break, we teased the question, can introverts be good leaders too? And Dave, you told me during the break that you could probably make a case for that. So tell us, for those of us who are naturally introverted, tell us how much hope there really is for us as leaders. Oh, there's a lot of hope. But the first thing is you've, you've kind of been programmed your whole life to think you couldn't do it. So yeah. the first thing you've got to do is we have to reprogram you. And I'm here to tell you I've worked with a lot of introverted leaders, and they do very, very well. Um, you know, I, I shared with you during this break that I, I kind of, I'm right in the middle, introverted, extroverted. And most people that meet me think I'm highly extroverted. I've had to come to grips with that years ago and learn how to act a little bit. And I've acted myself into looking a lot more extroverted. And sounding a lot more extroverted. But you're, you, you question of, you know, one of the main things, and I mentioned this before the break, is that um, the best leaders are the best listeners. Yes. And sometimes, us, when, even me, when I turn on my extroverted side, I talk too much, which means I can't hear. And so, you know, introverted people, a lot of them, they're good listeners. They're good listeners. A lot of them are very curious too. So they'll they'll ask. They won't ask a lot of questions, but the questions they ask are going to be good. Yeah. And, and that you know, and so yeah, it, it's personality type and leadership. I don't think are one and the same. I I think um, a lot of people will raise their hand. The extroverted people will raise their hand and say, "Oh, I want it." Okay, because they're just built that way. You know, um, but I, I my experience tells me from in the coaching world is that um, the, the, whether they're extroverted or introverted really doesn't really weigh heavily on them on their uh, on their ability to lead okay great you have a new book coming out soon called the leadership creed is that right the leaders creed yep leaders creed and you wrote about this in your yep. blog and this became an article for success profiles magazine so uh, 
I would assume that this talks about maybe what some of the traits of a great leader are or declarations or affirmations that we need to make to become a great leader. Tell us about this. Yeah, it kind of, it's about, it's really like 10, it's like 10, um, it, it's 10 ways the best leaders show up really. Right. Oh, but, okay. you know, what is a lead, you know, 10 ways that a leader shows up, you know, you know, being honest and just doing, doing the right things. And it's just a simple, um, it's going to be another simple book. It um, is 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 made to make like I do all all my writings. It's, it's, it's I want it to be simple for people to to um to, to download it. And I don't mean download it that way. I mean just really to own it and say, see, leadership is not that difficult. Here's here's if I do these ten things, I'm going to be seen as a good leader. And so it's on my. If, if if people want to go, they can get. They can go download the vis, the visual free. It's on my website. If you want to send them there, livingthelead.com. Awesome. Um, it, it's there. And so it's can a, download and see it for themselves. It's an infographic that's free on your site. It's we can an download infographic. that. Yep. Yep. Livingtolead.com. Correct. Yes. Yep. It's Absolutely. L i v i n g t o l e a d dot com. Yeah, one of the ten things, and I've got the list in front of me. One of the ten things that really sticks out to me is keeping your promises. A lot of bosses don't do that, or they conveniently forget that they promised something to you. I've been on the receiving end of that, and it does not feel good. So, why is it so hard for people to keep promises? Well, I think they overpromise sometimes. First of all, so uh, go back to before you even say anything, right? Don't overpromise. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and a lot of people do, and they, and then elite, and then they underdeliver, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I think, um, and I think, um, I think sometimes they, people, I think sometimes the bosses think that people have uh, short-term memories, um, but really, people remember those things. Yes, when you they break do. a promise, people always remember it. And yeah, so I think, you know, and I think, look, it's not all deliberate. No. Um, you know, it's not all deliberate, and, but sometimes we do to make promises we can't do. You know, we can't, we can't follow through with. And I think, um, you know, if I take that into a leadership conversation, it's really, it's not anything I'm going to do for you. It's something I'm going to come alongside and we're going to do together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I appreciate that very, very much. So let me ask, sometimes we think leaders have to be perfect, but it's actually not true. So embracing our flaws, being authentic, that's an important piece to this too, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think you have to develop your own authentic leadership style. Um, I talk to that with all the leaders that I work with. Um, yes, it's good to follow other people, learn some things from other people. We all have. I can go back and tell all the bosses and leaders I worked for in my career I learned something from. Um, but I'm not like any of them. I, I'm authentically me. And, and you can develop your own authentic leadership style. You don't have to copy someone else. You have to yeah. be you. you have to, it's, it, it's your purpose that drives you and your why that drives you. Um, and, and I think you have to be you. Within, you know, within reason, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the blind spots leaders can run into? Because we can't see everything. <laughs> yeah. So I do uh, some surveys, a blind spot survey, with a lot of my clients. 
and, um, you know, send it to people that they lead or have led before and all that. And, um, you know, I'll go back to what I said before about controlling people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, in my, when I write about it, I call it going alone is one of the things that comes back. You know, sometimes people feel like they can't even help you as the leader because you won't let them help you. Mm. Um, you know, um, you know, a biggie, too, is withholding emotional commitment. Yeah. Now, this is one I've really started talking about a lot lately, is that um, humility. Um, be a humble leader. Share things, share things with people. That you, people want to learn from you. You're in a you're in a leadership position where where people will listen to you if you're humble and and and, and even some ways I'll throw in the word vulnerability, right? Yeah. How vulnerable you are. Are you willing to share some real stuff with people to help them grow and learn? Yeah. So there's you know a lot a lot of those come up in my in the surveys, um, you know blind spots and we all have them. It's important to know what it's important to know more like what's what's you know like I wrote on the top ten right. But mm-hmm. um, that I have seen through the years, but it's important to know which ones you have a little bit of a challenge with. Yeah, who do you think is the the best leader that you've met or experienced in your journey? Oh, boy, good question. Mm, the best, actually, <laughs> I've got a client um, that I have. I think we just. Six, I think we just crossed the six-month mark. Wow. And he had, and, and you have to remember, I have some clients now nine years, and they're great leaders. But this young man, he's 40 years old, has been, he's just impressed me so much with his leadership skills. And, and he, he walked in there saying he, he couldn't get, he, he walked in in the first coaching session with me I'm not a leader. I don't know. You know, I, and he's a natural leader. And once I held the mirror up to him and helped and helped him see that, he's just taken off and he's embraced it to the point now that I'm now coaching more people in that organization um, to help him even become a better leader. Yeah. And help them at the same time. So I'm now coaching his team. And so here's a guy that didn't think he could lead at all. And six months now, he's not going to, I mean, he just impresses me. So much, and I've got another younger. I've got another guy around that age too. That's that's right now is really has really you know I've been working with him for about two years, and he's really come a long way too. And so uh, it impresses me. I've worked. I've been around some great leaders. Yeah. Um, and maybe that didn't answer your question, but um, I like to see the emerging ones. Like yeah. I love working with emerging leaders, and I think as a leader, you should always be emerging. Yeah. I love that. That's great. So I do want to ask, I think we got maybe three minutes or so to our next break. Millennials are a huge part of the workforce right now, and they seem to have different expectations and ideas about how things should be done compared to people who have come before them. How do you think that generation rising up through the workforce is changing the way leadership is done now? Do you think there are differences? How do leaders need to adjust? Well, you're hitting on all, all of this stuff. because that's um, I wrote on that a few months ago. Okay. Because it's the number one. It's the number one question I get, uh, and and you, it usually comes in. Oh, Dave, how do I lead these little millennials? And and I have a real simple answer for it. Um, you and I wrote six. My the the the, the article I wrote was six 
six ways to effectively lead millennials. But the bottom line is you lead them just like you lead everybody else. See, we've got this, every generation we've had this issue. We just hear more about it now because of social media and the media is covering it like crazy. Um, just, so, just like everything else, it gets blown up on social media. So now everybody thinks all millennials are difficult to lead, right? Yeah. And it's not the case. It's not the case. One of the, I love coaching millennials and coaching you know, the, some of the older generations and helping them come together and see that. Yeah. There really is no difference. Um, and, and you, I do, I just do believe, I think you, you, you lead them just like anybody else. You know, you work yeah. on self-awareness and improving their leadership skills. Yeah. You engage and connect with them. You know, you do everything um, I would tell you on any other generation. I think the perception that society has created around it is unfair. Yeah. That's, that's you interesting. Might. Yeah, when I had Darren Hardy on my show, he made the observation that we now have five generations of people in the workforce, which this is an unprecedented time in our history. And so he he talked about that. And I thought that was really fascinating. But I absolutely did want to want to address that. We've got maybe about a minute and a half to our final break. Um, I do want to ask, how do bosses and leaders view failure differently? <laughs> one takes ownership for it and the other one gives ownership away. Yeah. So, you know, a leader is going to own it and say, okay, what are we going to learn from this? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to download this now as a team. We're going to figure out where, what went wrong so that this never happens again. So we evaluate the experience as a team and we learn from it. So you really didn't fail. Okay. The boss yeah. is going to hand it off and, and blame it on somebody else or the conditions or whatever. And no one ever learns from it. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, I love that. That's great. It's all about accepting responsibility. And of course, Jack Canfield is very famous about talking about owning responsibility 100%, whether it actually is your fault or not, because people will respect you if you take responsibility. And in fact, I think a lot of the greatest football coaches, for example, will take the blame for a loss, even if the player failed to execute. And I, I respect people like that more than someone who tries to throw someone else under the bus. We're coming up against our final break. I can't believe how fast this is going. We're talking with Dave Ferguson. His book is called Boss or Leader. And his new coming, out, coming, coming up book is Leader's Creed. And we will talk more about leadership and a few other topics when we come back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please come back. to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com.
Do Not Disturb sign has been around as long as there have been hotels where discretion was a bitter part of value. One lecture at Cornell University School Hotel Pro- Administration traces the Do Not Disturb sign roots to the aristocracy of the early 20th century at grand establishments such as the Ritz in Europe. It sure is annoying when you just want to be a slug of bed and someone knocks at the door and says, Housekeeping, what's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. There are days when I wish I could wear a do not disturb sign around my neck. What to call someone who wants to lay in bed all day? A scabberlatcher. Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dave Ferguson. He's the author of the book Boss or Leader. And where can we get that? Livingthelead.com. That's the right answer. And so let me ask you, Dave, because here's a question that I think a lot of people in leadership roles might like to hear the answer to. Sometimes as leaders, we have to have difficult conversations with people. How do you reprimand or discipline someone while still valuing them? Well, first of all, I think you have to have all kinds of conversations with them, to be fair. So the only time you shouldn't shouldn't save your conversation with the people until they do something wrong. I mean, you should be having conversations ongoing with people. So, so you should create an environment where, where conversations are comfortable. Therefore, difficult conversations can be comfortable too. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and and a lot of that is on how you set it up, obviously, but how you handle those kind of conversations. Because, um, you know, if 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 you made the selection of putting this person on the team, you have to have some ownership to it as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, and you can tell me what you think of this, I like to make sure that I point out something that they're doing well and then point out something they can improve on and then reaffirm them at the end. Does that sound like a, a formula that, that you follow? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah because if, if last week I told you you were doing just a fantastic job on this, this one project, right? Mm-hmm. And then And then this week I had to call you in and say, What's going on with this project? It's not going so well. Talk, yeah. talk about this. Right. right. You're, it's, it's, you're not uncomfortable because you're just comfortable having conversations with me anyway. Right. Absolutely. I love that. So let's talk about something else. I know in the world of sports, for example, there are some organizations, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, some organizations are all about winning. And so they'll bring in team members or players who can help them win. Other teams and organizations are more concerned about bringing in people of good character. So where's the balance? And where do you sit on that? Hmm. Well, I think characters. <laughs> I mean, the character's got to be at the top. Yeah. I mean, you know, because, you know, if you... You know, bad. I think I wrote this. Bad company corrupts good character. 
Yes. You know, so if you bring in someone that doesn't have good character, that's the bad company. It's going to corrupt some of your organization, some of the people on your team. Um, and and I think, you know, I think also having values for your team is important. Yes. Um, and not just having them written on the wall somewhere, actually living them as a team. And you as a leader owning that as well. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think I- um, you know, I think character's got to be at the top. Maybe that's not the word we used, but... Yeah. Um, As a leader, do you visit and revisit your value, your company core values with your team on a regular basis so that everyone always knows it's top of mind? Yeah. Everybody that I coach with and work with will do um, individual values with me. Where we where we go through a process where we 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 them down to their top five values, and then oftentimes we'll do it with their team around the business. So everybody will have their individual values, and then I'll do the same exercise with the team and create values for the team. Now the company might have some values as well because a lot of companies do have their value statements and they haven't. But but generally, if you can create some values with your team, in essence. Um, and then, and then identify if if you're getting ready to do a task, does it point to one of our values? And you have right. to start. So you start asking yourself: This is this getting us where we want to go? Is this is this is this living the way we said we were going to live here? Is this is this de- delivering what we said we were going to deliver? And if it's not, you have to ask yourself: Why are we doing it? Yeah. That that is so important. I I love that that you do that because uh, corporate culture is predicated on your your values, and I think it's really important that you keep that top of mind, just like you talked about. I love that very much. So you have something on your website. It's a playbook for setting and achieving goals, and this is a free download on your website. Tell us about this. Yeah, I put the, I put this out um, earlier this year. It's it's just a sharing of, of of some of some of the things I've written about playbook for achievement. You know, it's a it's a playbook we put together that's really can help people not only um, achieve greater results in their own leadership development, but achieve greater things with their teams um, while they're all while they're all leading together. And so it's a, it's a it's a nice it's a nice simple read. Like I said, they can go to my site and download it. Same with the leaders creed is there, um, and it, it's been it's been very very popular. And um, you know it's a, it's it's and the comments are people. It's easy to understand. It's easy to implement, and that's what people like today. Fantastic, that's awesome. And of course, if people go to your website and they get on your notification list. We will also learn uh, when your book will launch and that is still in the future. So I appreciate that. And that is living to lead.com L I V I N G T O L E A D living to lead.com. Correct. Yes. Thank you. Awesome. So Dave, let's talk about retreats that you do for your clients. You do individual retreats and group retreats. What is what is the purpose of this? Are these team building events, value building events? What is it that you that you do for clients on these trips? All of the above. So um, awesome. Well, you know, I'll meet I'll meet with the leader that's that's really owns the event in essence, and and really what what was it, what's the outcome you want with this retreat, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes we'll even pull in some of, his, of some of the people on the team. What is the outcome you want on this event? Um, and one of the things I try to do is I don't want to be the leader in the room when I do retreats. I'm a leader, but I'm going to be the facilitator. And so yeah. one of the things I do is I come alongside that leader, and I convince that leader to co-facilitate with me. So That's great. that leader's going through it. That leader is going through it, but he's also co-leading with me. And what I end up doing is it shows people how to lead across really well with each other. It also lifts him or her up as a leader. And we've got some tremendous results with this because it's not just, hey, a lot of people just hire, hey, come in and facilitate my retreat. Now, I will do that, but I will always try to convince them to do some co-facilitation with me because I think it's good for them too and their team. And, and they see things from a little bit of a different angle. Yeah. And it actually and it actually develops them more as a leader, but also more as a coach to their people. That's important. Yeah. So the retreats are good. Yeah, I do some a lot. You know, sometimes I'll do one-on-one retreats with people. Um, and, you know, we'll do them wherever. You know, I, I do some at the beach. I do some with their, wherever they want it to be. Um, um Location is never that important. I'll, I'll go wherever they want me to go, and they can come to me. But, uh, yeah, the team stuff's really, really powerful when you get, you know, a group of 10 to 15 people in a room for a day and a half or two and really can accomplish what they wanted to accomplish plus more. Yeah. That's great. And people can learn more about how they can hire you for a retreat experience at livingdelete.com. So... Let's talk about something else because I, I really absolutely love the topic of how you handle feeling overwhelmed because as leaders, we do occasionally reach a point where we feel like there's so much going on, so much on our plate, it feels overwhelming. How do you manage uh, your task list and everything else you need to do on a daily basis when you feel that way or when your clients feel that way? Well, I, I try to live what I teach. And I try to get my clients and myself to narrow down um, three to four things I should be doing. What are the three or four things I really should be doing that I'm responsible for? The big ones. So, so if if you're a if you're a if you're if you're if, you, if I help I have, what I do is I say I want you to put a dollar value on your head. What's an hour of your time worth? And, and so what are the activities you should be doing that are that dollar value? Okay? And then create a list of all the things, the other stuff you're doing that is not of that dollar value. And you need to ask yourself why you're doing it. Is it yeah. you're doing it because it's busy work and it makes you feel good and it's easy? But is it, but is it minimum wage work that you could delegate out? Yeah. Um, and so I really help them stay, I call it in their zone, so I say, what are the three or four things you should be doing 90% of your working hours? Yeah. Once I can get them to hone in on that and start asking themselves why they would be doing anything else and, and have them come to grips with that, they become more effective. So generally when they get stressed out and they come to me, I've got to go back through that exercise with them again because they're falling back into some old habits. Yeah, great. And, throw in, some blind, and you th- throw in a couple of their blind spots and it's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's painful for them. Yeah, absolutely. We've got two minutes until the end. Let me ask the question I ask everyone. Who inspires and motivates you? Ooh, so many people. Um, 
you know, I, I like seeing I like seeing people just do really everyday nice things for people. Yeah. You know, um, I'm looking at this. You know, I'm in, I'm in North Carolina right now, and you know, obviously the Eastern Shore got just got ravaged by this last storm. And there are just so many people just going out there and helping and doing some great things. So that's what inspires me. I, I, you know, sometimes people always look to the big screen for leaders or the big stage for leaders. Sometimes they're your next door neighbor and you don't recognize it. Absolutely. I love it. I try and to see, so I try to see that. I think, I, think, I think the best leaders see leadership in everybody. Absolutely. I love that. If you could talk to the 18-year-old version of yourself, what would you tell him? Talk less, listen more. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. We are coming up against the end of the show. And so, Dave, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate having you here. And once again, you can get Dave's playbook for setting and achieving goals as a free download at livingtolead.com. Please take advantage of that. Free resources are always great. And if you do want to get to know Dave better, you can message him through livingtolead.com. Does all of that sound accurate? Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Good to connect again. Awesome. Good to connect with you again. And Dave also does write for Success Profiles Magazine. You can uh, subscribe to that at successprofilesmagazine.com. And thank you all for joining us. This has been Success Profiles Radio. You can download and subscribe to the show on iTunes for free. We're here every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and how we can learn from what they've gone through themselves. Join us next week. Thanks for being here. Goodbye, everybody. Success Profiles Radio with your host Brian K. Wright. Each week we'll explore different aspects of success and how